0: A slow and steady podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Benedict. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we work on our products and keep the lights on with consulting. Today is January 15th and I am feeling annoyed.
0: This is episode number 24 and I am feeling energized. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's my birthday week. Yeah, <laughs> happy birthday. Thanks. Belated. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate the kind message on Slack. That was nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you got, only got to read it one day afterwards. That's so right. That's,
0: that's good on you. Yes, good on you. I did not read it until the day after my birthday, so that's an indication of a good birthday. <laughs> I agree. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, that's the way to go. I didn't even consider it that you might not read it there, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> Good for you that he didn't. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, it was good. It was good, man. What's got you... Uh, what did you do? Oh, well, we... Uh, let's see. Uh, my wife and I went to one of my favorite little breakfast places uh, here in Boulder. And then we... Um, so, I think I sent you a picture of it. We There's this hike near town called Bear Peak. And it is... Let's see. What is it? Uh, it's 2,700 feet in elevation gain. Um so like 900 meters of gain. It's 4 miles up, 4 miles back. Um so it's a good I mean it's a good hike. Uh it's like distance-wise it's similar to some of the bigger or some of the uh 14ers you can do here. But uh major difference is, you know, <laughs> you have a lot more oxygen <laughs> doing <laughs> doing this hike. Um and anyway, it was good. It was great. We we were out there from like I don't know, nine to three thirty or nine to three o'clock ish or so so it's just a nice, nice just long and and really really good really good hike um my wife did it was it was icy um and we had we had yak tracks you know on our on our boots but even so and my wife took a bit of a spill on the way down and hurt her knee. <laughs> pretty Ooh. pretty good. Um we think we think it's just uh we think it's a just we think it's a sprain and not, you know, nothing torn, uh thank goodness. But it definitely made the made the rest of the mm. walk down uh a little a yeah. little tender. But uh man, but the yeah the views were the views were gorgeous. It even snowed on us a little bit, which just was like yes we're out here <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was good i i loved it man i loved it how about you how, which what, what have you been up to this week um i've
1: like as i said i'm annoyed but okay it's mostly because i've been fighting with uh the javascript package manager like npm until right before this call, <laughs> yeah, what? it just doesn't do what I expected to do. Okay, it's just, uh, I hate that stuff. We can,
0: we can we can both throw some curses up because I was wrestling with npm yesterday. What what's what's it <laughs> yeah. doing to you? What what do you get going on? Uh, I st- I
1: started working on um, basically building a JavaScript package for user list that users can like uh-huh. import into their front end code yes. and then use okay. our new in app stuff and okay. things like that. And I don't know, it just—I mean, it mostly works. Like I spent all of yesterday getting the build system set up, so it just like transpiles everything mm-hmm. and tests running and stuff like that and i thought i had everything figured out and then today i tried importing like basically exporting two files in that package and of course it doesn't let me i mean it kind of lets me import it but only if i specified this like the, the the build folder in the name and like it's it's super weird but apparently that's that's just how it works like I'm used to how it works in Ruby, where you basically say in the package description, "Hey, all the files that you have to like expose to the user are in this folder." And apparently, um, npm doesn't have that; it just
0: exposes everything. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I've, n- I've never, I've never built a package myself, so I can't. Uh, it's the can't first time for me as well. So, there,
1: I'm learning everything the hard way. Say <laughs> <laughs> la vie. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's no fun, but hopefully I get it figured out by tomorrow. And I, I, it's, I had plans to, to make some decent progress on, on the package this week, mm-hmm. but so far I'm mostly fighting with the, <laughs> I'm mostly fighting with the build system and the package description, yeah. like yeah. all that stuff that isn't really relevant. And I like of real production code, I've wrote like 10 lines mm. and I don't even. I'm not even able to test it right now because the import isn't probably working. So, yeah, it's just it's a mess. <laughs>
0: what was the motivation for building a user list node package? Um, so
1: my thinking there was that a lot of people are having like advanced. Uh, front-end setups these days so Mm -hmm. it would be nice to just be able to do something like import user list from user list and get that up and running and my thinking was of course we need like a javascript snippet thingy that people like other people can include into the html files Mm -hmm. but all of the code that i have to write for that i can basically build into the package and then just use the package to somehow expose that via the, the script tag. Sure. So I, I have this idea of doing this in, in two layers, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought it would be easier. <laughs> well <laughs> it might I don't know. In the in the long run. Uh yeah, it might be might be more convenient. Oh, these whenever it always feels like you just struggle, struggle, struggle like with getting a build set up knowing okay this is going to eventually save me a lot of time and it's going to be save a lot of hassle and i'm not going to be running the doing the same thing you know 10 times 20 times 30 times yeah but like you said you spend a couple of days just on that and writing 10 lines of actual production code or you
1: know yeah yeah I, i i mean a bunch of this is probably just related to me being new to everything and just like Having no clue and having basically look up every error message and like mm-hmm. every piece of documentation, yeah. But I wish it would be easier. <laughs> well.
0: well, good luck. Good luck powering <laughs> through it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What uh, we talked about email provider stuff last week. Where's Where's all of that at? Um, we still haven't f- haven't fully figured out.
1: What to do. Um, I have like by now I have three providers implemented in Userlist, So we can in theory send via three different providers. Um, but like the the one we're currently using for some reason is still it still feels like the best option at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I had a call with them earlier today talking about like Uh, how to get rid of some of the sending limits there are. And well, it basically boils boils down to throwing more money at the problem. (laughs) So apparently there's daily sending limit is like 10% of the monthly limit. So if we want to increase the daily limit, we can just like move to a bigger plan. And yeah, even though we probably don't need it for like in terms of a month, But um, maybe that's the only option to get, like, that daily daily limit increased. Or the other option would be to buy their premium support plan, which is, like, several thousand dollars per month. (laughs) That would basically remove all of the limitations, but then again... Remove yeah, quite I'm a bit of your sure as well. well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Remove quite a bit of money from our yeah. pockets. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure we should not do that there. just yet. <laughs> yeah. gotcha. uh, but like surprisingly last Friday um, after I finished the, like the, um, the additional provider I initially planned to imp- integrate, I started looking into Amazon SES again. And then discovered that they have a new SDK out there and um, that was surprisingly easy to integrate and does most of the stuff we'd need and it's super cheap. So maybe we'll keep using our current provider for the main sending, but like get Amazon SES set up and configured as a fallback. So if, if we run into sending limits or something like that, we could in theory just switch things over. Yeah. So that's one of the options I'm currently currently looking at. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Still have to figure it out. But the coding part is done. So um,
0: Well, That's that's good. At least something. (laughs) Yeah. What? uh, What else on the horizon for you for you guys? Like any any particular? Pattern and the user feedback that you're hearing that you're starting to think through, or
1: yeah, some some things come up in customer support quite a bit. Mm. Um, One of them is um, the way we do triggers on the campaign. Right now, they are purely event based. So, an event happens, and then that triggers a campaign. Um, And it's possible to add like multiple conditions to it that get checked in the moment the event happens. But mm-hmm. I think I talked about it in a couple of episodes ago. Some people um, basically want to just define a set of conditions that then triggers a campaign for a user At the very moment all these conditions match. Mm-hmm. And that's something we don't have. Okay, But it feels like a lot of people expect it to work that way. And I mean, it kind of makes sense. So we should probably look into this and, and implement this yeah. like, other way of triggering campaigns. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's so much on the list we should do. <laughs> uh, it's hard to prioritize. And I really want to get the, the, the in-app messages stuff and the JavaScript stuff finally done and don't really want yeah. to yeah. jump to a different thing again and delay that and right. uh, just want to get... Get it done and shipped, and right. not have to think about it anymore.
0: Do you follow Arvid Call on Twitter? He's the guy that he and his partner just sold Feedback Panda. Oh yeah, yeah, I am. Um, okay, he. I feel like he had a he, he had an interesting thread recently, didn't he, about uh, how to choose what you're going to work on next when you're still early. Uh, okay, I, maybe maybe I not. vaguely yeah. remember seeing something like that, but I don't remember what. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the he was from he, that. Were yeah, no, no, he just he just had some thoughts on like, you know, when you're early, just be sure that everything you're doing is going to uh, affect a large percentage of people, not a small percentage of yeah. people greatly. Um, I yeah. thought that was a he had, he had some interesting takes there, so it might be worth reaching out to him and seeing if he's up for a, yeah. a chat and to, to think through some of that stuff. Or just at least just like get a get another perspective, because it definitely it definitely mm. I can imagine like prioritization for you right now is just so such a challenge. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it all, it's always a challenge, but
1: I feel like we are we have a pretty good idea, but still, like there are still multiple things with higher priority. <laughs> like for example, the in-app messages, uh, definitely high priority. But like the new trigger type, yeah. Mm, it's kind of like it's coming up a lot. So it's also kind of by that definition, kind of important. Yeah. So yeah. And the, like the other thing is integrations with like third parties like Sapier and stuff mm-hmm. comes up a lot as well. So okay. that's
0: also something we should look into. So see, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> so in app, in app messaging, custom yeah. triggers. What was the third one you said in the middle? Uh, integrations. Integrations. Yeah. 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 So, and that's also
1: integration, like in app messages and integrations both have some marketing aspect to it. Uh-huh. Like in app messages, because like it, it's a differentiator in some way, at least to some of our competitors. Yeah. And integrations, like integration marketing is a big thing, like being present in all the marketplaces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also kind of interesting. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Are you do. Are you the kind of person who? Because I hear people say this, like when you get super frustrated, uh, r- try to run something down, um, like you're stuck in the middle of this npm build stuff. Yeah. Um, I hear some people say, you know what always works for me is I just I just drop it and move over to something else for a day or two, and then when I come back, I'll I'll have it. And some people say. Once, once they're down in the middle of it, like you can't, I just can't leave until I, until I get all the way through it. So are you, are you feeling right now like you're going to figure this out, you're going to get it done, get this package thing sorted, or <laughs> actually I'm going to just drop it cold turkey and tomorrow I'm working on in-app messaging because I know that that's a number one priority. How, what's, what's your work style? I think I do a little
1: bit of both like depending from like from time to time I just like I totally experience that like you're working on something just doesn't quite work um you stop working on it next morning you start back up again like get into the code and fix it in like 5 minutes yeah that happens to me yeah. from time to time but then again I think with this particular thing I don't Think it will get easier by dropping it. It probably only gets harder because I lose so much of context context. and like the learnings. Yep. And I think it probably relates a little bit to experience level, maybe. Hmm. Just guessing here, but like with the npm package, I just learn. I have to learn the stuff and uh, read stuff and try a bunch of things. And I think dropping it and picking it up in a couple days will only make it harder because then I'm basically starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. So I guess I have just to power through it and maybe 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 I'm trying to do it in a way that doesn't really fit the, the NPM model. Maybe I have to reconsider and organize my files a little bit differently okay. or something like that. Yeah. So I, I will figure it out. It just I just wish it wouldn't be that hard. Okay. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> Thank you. What have you been
0: struggling with NPM wise? Oh <laughs> not nearly as <laughs> not nearly as down in the weeds as you. Um I was uh, I was integrating Tailwind into uh projectheadlamp.com. I was getting mm. ready to start writing a bunch of articles and eventually like pulling in, you know, feature things and just really loving everything that uh, Adam and Steve are sharing right now and it's like yep. okay yeah i'm gonna i'm to pull this in and gonna not do the whole uh spaghetti of custom classes and um BEMCES, css and all that and um and so <laughs> i had it working perfectly on my local machine um and, and even that took a fair amount of wrangling and customizing a gulp build and like running down Google searches of, okay, wait, now what is the, the, okay, cool. Now we're working and it's really slick. I mean, it, Mm. it really is. It's pretty cool. And, uh, I was like, all right, sweet. Uh, deployed it to my production site on DigitalOcean and like none of the packages would install. Um, (laughs) and I would even, I mean, I was like, uh, you know, SSHing as, as root and as the user that I had, uh, created to um, deploy the, the the Git repo into the right directory, and nothing is working. <laughs> <It's just> like <laughs> sometimes it gives me an error, and I'm like, okay, cool, I'll run down that error, and then it'll just build through with no errors whatsoever. But mat- like for some reason, Tailwind just does not exist in the CSS file now.
1: So yeah, um, I'm sure
0: it's something stupid I'm overlooking. Just got to keep, uh, got to figure that out. But it was like basically. Yeah, three hours yesterday afternoon of trying to run this down yeah. rather than writing articles for yeah. Headlamp, which is what I had intended the, to be doing.
1: What's your reasoning to basically try to make this work in 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 the current project when you're also considering to rewrite it and write? Oh, this is
0: yeah. So this is for the the marketing site. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, so projectheadlamp.com. I was like, okay. Um I you responded to this, but I've been like sending some messages out on Twitter of like I want to start to put together pull all of the interviews and the resources and the articles that I've been collecting and sharing on Twitter and start putting them up as as articles um, on the site to be able to share those yep, okay. and, and pass those around. And so as I was hopping in it's just like a standard like Jekyll site right now. And so as I was hopping in there and start to start writing some things and was like, okay, this needs to be laid out in this way. And I had written maybe my second or third, you know, custom CSS class. I was like, I should just do this in Tailwind for crying out loud. I've been wanting to play with that anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, three and four, and then hour, three, three four three hours, hours later. later. <laughs> yeah. So you had only written uh, about 10 yeah. lines of production code. I had only written about 10 lines of an article um <laughs> yeah. that i had intended to finish
1: so what's your writing setup sounds like you're writing your articles basically in code directly
0: uh yeah yeah i mean it'll be like it's a jekyll site so i'll write them in Markdown and push them up to the site
1: mm, okay interesting
0: i I used to do
1: it that way, like basically open up the repository and then write the article in there. Uh-huh. I am not doing that anymore. I uh, basically use, I either use IA Writer yep. or Ulysses yep. and just write in there. And then w- once I'm done, export to Markdown and import it into the repository. Yeah. Exactly because of this. Um, because <laughs> this way it's... Yeah. Disconnected from anything styling related or anything right. code related, yeah. And it's just writing, and I don't care about I, the headline color or uh-huh. if the images are centered and stuff like that. I just write it and then copy it over once I'm done. Yes,
0: <laughs> I completely see that that side of things. What I have really enjoyed, and this is like just over the last year since uh, converting my personal site, BrianRay.com, to Statamic. Um, and just being able to write in Markdown in the repo, um, it, it just feels so good. And, mm. and, and writing in Sublime Text, just going into distraction free, you know, distraction free mode and, um, yeah. feels very similar to IA Writer. Um, but yeah, in this case, I definitely let it send me down a rabbit trail, but, um, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it still happens from time to time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, definitely. Um, so that was, yeah, I, I want to, um, what I've decided. So this is kind of related to the question I asked you, what I decided I'm going to do is, okay, fine. I will, I will untangle this, the, the build mess later. And so right now I'm just pulling in, you know, tailwind from a CDN, um, so I can, like, just keep moving forward and writing, uh, you know, designing the, the pages um, using Tailwind yep. classes, but I'll pull it into my build process later. Um, and uh, so that's what I'm just like, okay, stop, stop worrying about this right now. I'm just going to push it forward um, and get a couple of articles uh, written and published this week. Um, I, I need to, as soon as we get done recording, I need to finish... Um, editing and publish a new uh, bright and early episode uh, with Josh from Referral Rock, um, and so I'll definitely be sure to mention Headlamp and um, nice. I, I had a call with him yesterday. Oh, really? Incidentally, nice. talking
1: about email providers and stuff like okay, that. Okay,
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah, he's Small a really word. nice guy. Yeah, yeah he is. He's yeah, a cool, cool guy. Um. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll publish that episode. I will talk about headlamp there. I got a, I had a message from my friend, Richard, who was like, Hey, Brian, listen, I am completely with Benedict on this. You are miles away from being overly salesy and pushy. Like (laughs) you need to be, (laughs) you need to be talking about headlamp more (laughs) on bright and early. Um, and I was like, okay, okay. Uh, and. Uh, so start to start to get that stuff, get that stuff happening. So, yeah, good, good. Anyway, let's see. Um, other. Yeah, I think the other the other idea that I was kind of mulling over at the end of last week um, was, uh, you know, some feedback I've gotten a couple different times now is, hey, you know, if you're thinking about rebuilding headlamp and um, kind of just rethinking it generally knowing you're still going in this, this similar direction, but what if before you built headlamp, what if you were headlamp and performed some sort of like, um, wellness or, um, you know, loneliness, happiness, uh, workplace audit for remote teams. It's like, okay, that's, I, I I could totally see that. Um, like conducting one-on-one interviews with the leadership team, conducting some one-on-one interviews with X number of employees, pulling some qualitative, you know, feedback out of that, running an anonymous quantitative survey with all employees about, you know, key competencies of high functioning remote teams. Um, it's right in the wheelhouse of what I want to be doing, what I want to solve with uh, with software. Um Plays on like uh, people tell me that I'm a good interviewer and I do a lot of customer interviews. So it plays on that like skill Um, have like done a lot of surveys for uh, my clients. So it just kind of combines a a number of things that I've done before um, that I feel naturally inclined towards good at. um, And like if I could, if that were my consulting business for the next six months, I I would be delighted. <laughs> so it sounds like there's some overlap. Yeah, that's, that's so that would be good. much. Yeah, so much overlap. What? How does that strike you? Like as I describe, hey, what if I shifted over to here? Like, what do you think?
1: I think that's a great idea. Like, especially for the learning opportunities. Uh, like, without having to write any code, you get some instant feedback of things that work, don't work. Or even maybe maybe even just discover maybe you could discover new new problems or things where where headlamp as a as a product or as a tool might fit in because like mm-hmm. in your process you maybe discover like I don't know the survey isn't working it should be a internal survey tool similar to how it is now but mm-hmm. yeah like mm-hmm. basically get new ideas this way and of course like revenue wise would be nice I guess (laughs) always helpful (laughs) and I think the overlap between like this way you'd have some overlap between the product side of things and the consulting side of things and then you probably get some synergies on marketing and stuff like that and writing so yeah and writing yeah like everything plays into one thing instead of having to maintain two separate things at the same time Yep. Yep. I like it I, I like I, it. I like it too. <laughs> I wonder if you are able to like how to kickstart this. Like, how do you get a consulting engagement like this? That's mm-hmm. my main question right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> that's my main question as well. <laughs> it it does it the, the it, it feels like it could have a lengthy sales cycle, um. De- I mean, depending upon what the ticket price is, um, yeah. I think to, to be able to have some legitimacy, you know, it would be helpful if, um, you know, to put a fair amount, I, th- I think also like selling it as a service underneath um, project com, not from com. I think that would be very confusing of like, hang on a second. You're, you're like, you've got a background as a development and you do jobs to be done work for companies and now you want to do like a remote work audit? I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? Like that'd be way too muddy. Unless, I mean, yeah, unless people have been like following the whole journey for a long time, as opposed to, yeah, there's this thing, project headlamp. We're working on a, we're working on a product, but for now, you know, hire us for our expertise in assessing how, how well uh, a company is implementing the best practices of high functioning remote teams that that yeah, feels I guess that, that, that just feels more sensible and like better marketing I think
1: it's worth a try but like to get started I wouldn't even like try to put a marketing page up or anything I, I was thinking maybe you can reach out to the companies who you pitched the yeah like your paid yeah. beta to and yeah. just like talk to them and see what I mean, kind of. kind of. Hey, you didn't want my uh, yep. didn't want my product this way, so
0: I'm just coming into your office. Yep. <laughs> so that's the um, next part of my update is that I've actually already sent this out to three people. <laughs> okay. Um, I think on Friday, and haven't haven't heard anything back. Um, okay. So. But. Uh, huh.
1: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if this is. I wonder if this is like a thing that's not common enough. Like maybe it's too exotic to have like someone do a remote workplace audit and maybe it's some of the things that people don't know they need.
0: Yeah. Yet. Yep. Which is which is why it for sure feels like lengthy sales cycle. There's some edu- like education, you know, mm-hmm. involved. Uh I think it would be I mean, I can imagine that it would not be terribly difficult to find marketing qualified leads, but, but getting them to sales qualified leads where they know that they need mm. to buy this, like that's going to be an education process. Mm-hmm. Um, the related thing, the like just to pull in, you know, the, the drum that Justin Jackson has been beating for a while here is that um, companies companies do buy this sort of thing um not a quote unquote remote work uh, remote workplace audit but businesses do you know pay for um and want uh like culture audits is like i mm. think traditionally like how this would be positioned and and sold by like a yeah. a reward and recognition company or an employee engagement company yeah so um maybe Yeah. Maybe there's some market research for me to be done, you know, to be done there, uh, in terms of finding those folks probably also better, better off focusing on more mature companies that are distributed and not remote first Mm -hmm. finding companies who've been around for, you know, 10 years and are now starting to have remote workers as opposed to trying to sell this to, uh, you know, a nine-month-old yeah. remote-first startup with ten employees scattered around the globe—they probably yeah, need it, but they're small and early. Yeah, yeah. I'm small just and thinking early. out loud. It's new.
1: Our new podcast title. Yes,
0: that's our next one. We're going to launch. <laughs> we're going to launch Growth and Echo in February. Small and early in June. Um, fast, sorry, and, uh, fast and dirty or fast since, I don't know, John Buda made
1: a joke. I wonder what, what, um, like, having just realized that maybe the remote workplace audit isn't a thing that people would buy right now or search for right now. Uh I wonder what that says about the, like, the idea in general, like, about the entire project. Yes. Like, yeah. Previously, we kind of came to the conclusion that, sure, there are similar tools out there, um, so people definitely are looking for stuff like that, mm-hmm. but is it actually true? <laughs> maybe, maybe the angle is still a little bit wrong. Like maybe, yeah, maybe I, some, yeah culture ahead. tools and not like remote
0: loneliness tools or whatever. Yeah, yes, I think that is definitely. I think you're onto something. That my uh, like po- my positioning of it. And like where I am coming from um, of, yeah, this is something that remote teams need because people start to feel lonely after a while um, or a large percentage do large enough that it's going to have a financial impact on your company. So you should pay attention to this. Um, That is like, there's like some lukewarm uh, response to that, you know, and probably what I need to be, what I should do, which is why we like, just talked through is actually like my customer is not me and my people, people who listen to this podcast, people who like, you know, we talk to, um, it's actually folks who are eight companies who are eight years further down the road with 50 to 70 employees. Um, and now they have five or 10 employees scattered across the globe. And those are the employees who are most likely to leave, because those companies mm. do not know how to do remote work. Yeah. And the way that and huh. the things that they have been purchasing, the things that they do purchase, you know, employee surveys, uh, culture surveys, culture assessments, like that's what this needs to be positioned as. You are thinking yeah. really hard.
1: I, I don't disagree. Um but then again. Like I remember when you started with this, it was mostly because it resonated with your audience. Oof. Like, at Res- least your, your Twitter audience. I, I remember oh, you okay. we were very excited about like, T- totally. It, I'm onto something there, and now it sounds like you're onto something, but not with the people that. It resonated
0: with. Nope. That is because it did not resonate with my audience. I don't have very many followers on Twitter. Okay. It resonated with a bunch of people who don't know me from Adam. And, uh, those, those people, it ended up being like people at, you know, full story, Microsoft, and like these other, like larger companies that were not remote first, but now have remote employees. Mm. Um, like, uh, it, the reason I was like, "Oh, hey, wow! This message is really onto something," is because it extended well beyond me. It was and yeah, my okay. and my audience beyond your audience. Okay. And I think this is a, this is another kind of interesting thing. This, I mean, this interview that I'm about to publish with uh, with Josh from Referral Rock says this very a super similar thing. Is that when he first had the, you know, he had this uh, the idea for Referral Rock, and he started testing it out and interviewing some people and they were like eh, yeah i could kind of see it i don't know maybe super lukewarm and then he, he was like ah i think i I'd still think i'm onto something and he discovered later it's because he was getting feedback from the wrong people um mm-hmm. and like from the wrong market like the people that he was getting lukewarm responses from were from smaller companies and where all of, where his business has come from is from larger b2bs and so i wonder if like, the unfortunate thing for me here is what I am like my, my this consulting package or the first version of Headlamp is probably not going to be sold to our friends mm. in Mega yeah. Maker and the few people who follow me right now. Like, yeah. it's going to probably be sold to boring businesses that have, <laughs> you know, been around for 12 and 15 years. And are now coming around to remote work. All right, I'm just thinking out loud at this point. Yeah, both of us. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope this this is what makes this interesting. Yeah, hopefully Um, so. Somebody, please, like whatever you're shouting at your shouting into the ether and shouting at your headphones right now, tweet it at me instead, and let's talk. (laughs) Yeah, Um, remind me the companies you reached
1: out to. Um, initially what 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 type of companies were those
0: do you uh do you mean like back in august when i first interviewed some folks or super recently uh super hey. recently so those came from uh the we work remote m- most of those came from the we work remotely um slack group because mm-hmm. uh, i they were i was like the featured community member or whatever yeah um and I would I would need to go back uh, and look at them specifically, um, but uh, because whatever I say right now is going to yeah I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not totally certain. Okay, but
1: yeah, just wondering if, if maybe it's related that they are weren't large enough businesses to be in like to be really really interested in stuff like that or just yeah, weren't at just, the right yeah.
0: life cycle of the company. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Do you have, do you think you have a way <laughs> into one of those larger businesses?
0: Hmm. Well, I'm thinking because um I mean the the way the way in would be through a one to one connection with
1: with yeah. somebody
0: not with someone um, yeah right and okay yeah i mean i think that that's some good work for me to do over the next handful of days or let, let me let me pitch this um not don't don't create a landing page but get some copy together right like outline of the service the deliverables i've already got a bunch of that like fleshed out anyway yeah um and do some one on one like one to one outreach to uh you know a specified number of people and and see if it see if it sticks, see if anything warm develops at all, yeah, yeah? that sounds like a good idea, okay, okay, I will resist the urge to put together a fancy landing page, I promise, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah,
1: you're right, I think that doesn't doesn't help you with anything right now, okay,
0: yeah all right um yeah. i think here's some specific feedback that i could use uh from anybody listening who has done this sort of thing or bought this sort of thing um just feedback on how to price it um like I've, i'm bringing my own like experience and background and consulting and stuff into it and i think i have an idea of how i'm going to price it and at what level i'm going to price it but before i say that out loud i would love to have people say here's how you should do this yeah that will be
1: interesting i have no idea what i priced us at but
0: i i will definitely think about it (laughs) yeah yeah on the one hand well yeah not gonna say anything else (laughs) if you want to if you want to (laughs) talk about it shoot me a message and i would love to hop on a handful of 15 minute zoom calls over the next week um so all right anything else man what do we got? Um, no, nope, not not from my side. Okay. Oh, last thing because this is super quick, but uh, you know, DHH has been on a anti Google, Amazon, like large tech company, you know, Facebook rampage for a while now. Yeah, and uh, it turns out that the congressman from our district here in Boulder is like on the antitrust sub subcom- congressional subcommittee or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, uh. The subcommittee is having a hearing, um, and it's being hosted at one of the law schools in uh, at uh, CU Boulder. And so DHH is going to be testifying on Friday here in town, and I am definitely bringing my popcorn. So <laughs> that'll be nice. That'll be fun. Um, so if anybody happens to be in Colorado and you want to drive over to Boulder and chill out with me and my buddy Mike while we listen to DHH. Rail, <laughs> um, rail off. Of oh, but um, <laughs> yes, I'll be here all week, folks. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I'll let you know that, guys. Should be cool. Cool. All right, that's it for me, man.
1: Yep. Then uh, talk to you next week
0: all right show notes at slow you can follow us on twitter at slow steady pod find me b-r-h-e-a and please tell me what you like what you don't in terms of like my thoughts here really want some feedback on this so peace